A thank you to our sponsors, the For Us, By Us Fund, which supports Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color living their best life in Maine. Thank you to our sponsor, Rising Tide Brewing. They take time and pride in giving back to the greater Portland community. In the Pocket, a talk show that showcases Mainers, who are people of color. Each episode represents a member of the Maine community from art, culture, and business, the earth, wind, and fire of life. Embracing and exploring the Black diaspora and descendants of American slavery through conversation is the foundational concept of In the Pocket. The overall mission of In the Pocket is to create conversational space for all people of color that is documented and celebrated through sharing of life experiences. If you like what you're hearing and want to hear it again or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In the Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show. So we have today with us Kwame, uh, amazing radio journalist. He's won awards, the RIAA, and has been nominated for the Marconi Award and was received the 40 under 40. Um, and hopefully he'll go into great detail about all these things uh, and many other awards that he might have won that I don't know about. But please, Kwame, introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Kwame Dankwa, a former radio personality here in Portland. And uh, thank you so much for having me on your show today. It means a lot. I definitely look up to your work. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, I look up to your work as well. Like when I was be with a patient and I'm working on a Saturday, I think, oh, I know that voice. So <laughs> that was awesome to be like, oh, I know that person on radio. So what or how long have you been in Maine? I have been here since October 2019. So before the sickness came. <laughs> before the sickness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I thought you were here way before October, but I thought I had you over for a Super Bowl party. Well, that was, it was that year, so I was here for a few months before the Super Bowl party. So I, I'd only been here for a couple of months. Oh, wow. Before the Niners and the Chiefs played. Yeah, okay, fresh. Mm-hmm. And what was your, like, inspiration? Like, how did you start being on the radio? Well, it all started, truthfully, when I was younger, I always would do like mock radio shows I would pretend that I was on the radio make little tapes so my mom bought me a karaoke machine and I would play like Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown songs and I would talk in between them so I would record from their albums and I would talk in between each song on another tape and I would listen to it back at night and there was a period of time when I was on punishment for like three years and it wasn't a three-year sentence it was I was about to get off punishment and then I did something else wrong, and then they added more time on the end. So Likely story, yeah. Yeah, so I, all I had to listen to at night, you know, I couldn't watch TV, so all I had to listen to was, uh, was the radio, and I would listen to, you know, like an urban station, WKND in Hartford, and a t- Top 40 station, uh, WKSS, and those are the things that I would listen to all the time, because no one took that away, so. And... Fast forward, I ended up being an artist. Um, while I was in college, I ended up being an artist. I was a musician. Well, I was more of a vocalist. I was a lead singer in a ska band, and I was also a solo hip-hop artist. 
And as college ended and I was done touring for the most part, this is one story that really made me decide that I was going to get into radio for sure and I was going to take this radio thing seriously. So I can't remember if I was in Providence, Rhode Island or New London, Connecticut. We'll just say New London, Connecticut just for the sake of the argument. And I was opening for a bigger act who was supposed to be the next big thing in hip-hop at that time. Don't know where he is. I'm performing, and I know I'm killing it, but the crowd is just not with me. It's just one of those shows where that is not your crowd. I go backstage, I talk to my college sweetheart, and I said, I don't know what happened out there. And, you know, as usual, the, the you know, how... You know, your significant other is, you know, they're always going to be encouraging, like, it's all right, babe, it's, okay. it's going to be okay. He goes out there, the crowd goes nuts, and he stands up there with the spotlight on him, and he says, this is what I want you to do. When I say sell, y'all say crack. Sell, crack, sell, crack. And I'm looking at this from backstage, and I look at my college sweetheart, Jessica, at the time, and I said, this isn't what I want to do with my life. Um, so then I went back to that radio station I told you about, WKND, and uh, I went back there every day for six months with a resume saying, I'll sweep the floors, I'll produce, I'll do anything until they hired me. Great. Well, um, I'm still taken aback by the cell crack. <laughs> Most like... people are when they tell that story. <laughs> like, whoa, okay. Um, I'm not sure I know who that artist is because uh, I, don't, I don't think I know that track. But... Um, so tell me a little bit more about you being a performing artist. Well, no, well, we took a strange left turn here. Uh, no, I had a, um, when I was younger, you know, obviously like, you know, because I was always interested in recording, especially doing the mock radio show, I eventually, you know, I got into music. I said, I'm gonna write my own stuff too. And what ended up happening was, I, you know, I, my couple of friends and I, we built our own studio. So we had like the cool edit, you know, like we built a digital studio back in the early 2000s when no one else was doing it. And I lived on the good side of town, so it was at my house. So <laughs> it was, uh, and then we started making music and then CD burners came out and people had these things in their home. We started selling our music and the next thing you know, I'm meeting people and they're like, oh, come open for me, come open for me. And it ended up being this thing. Like I was in high school and in college going at night, like traveling by train or by bus or my mom would take me to said venue and I would open for acts that were on the way up and then I would go back and I'd be in class the next day. And I would do all of the recording and stuff, you know, myself. So um, I, would set the, I would set the space bar to get everything recording, run into the booth, do it myself, go back and edit it. And that's pretty much what kept me out of trouble. Um, kept, me, kept me focused and got me through uh, high school and, uh, you know, and a lot of the college stuff as well. And it gave me a way to express myself. So even though I no longer want to be on that side of the music industry, I often, one of the reasons I got into radio, what you asked me, is because of my love for the arts and community and giving people that venue to express themselves and show the showcase their works. 
curious as well, who are some of the ska artists that you used to like or still rock? <laughs> so I loved, uh, the band that I was with was called Sick Boy, and uh, they're no longer together, but um, every so often uh, the drummer Mike will send me, he'll send me beats. He's like, you gotta get back in the studio. Um, also, I, um, you know, I'm a little bit of a 311 fan, you know, it's a little bit of ska, a little bit of alternative. And um, so, yeah, like, um, those are the types of things that, you know, I'm listening to uh, when I'm driving around in my car these days, waiting for all of this to end, all of this sickness. Great. So, did you grow up in Ohio? Is that where you're from? I am actually from Connecticut. Oh, yes, oh yeah. East Coast. I didn't realize that. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm actually from Connecticut. I know people have a hard time guessing where I'm from because I'm completely void of an accent. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I'm from Windsor, Connecticut, and uh, that's where I lived most of my life. Uh, moved around a little bit uh, with my father. I was in Africa for a while in Ghana, but I stayed, you know, before that and after that I was in Connecticut, and um, that's where I spent a lot of my life you know like it was it's a very interesting place to because connecticut doesn't really have a culture of its own if you're east of the river you're you're from it's like you're a boston you're bostonian if you're west of the connecticut river you're a new yorker so you're pulled in either of those directions so i knew that i said i i had to leave because i was in search of a culture that was unique where i felt that you know I fit because it felt like, you know, there was nothing unique there specifically. Have you found this culture? Uh, you know what? It's interesting because in my travels in the United States for my career, especially like I like little bits of places that I have been. Um, like I like how I liked how I was in Pennsylvania and I liked how in NPA there is a sense of pride no matter how good or bad things might be there's a sense of ownership and pride there um i liked how in seattle you know i could have access to anything i wanted like it was all right there the downside is you know the occasional earthquake that shakes your house and you're not used to it at three in the morning and maybe it's a two-point earthquake but your apartment shaking everybody around you is like, oh it's nothing but you dive under the coffee table and you might call your mom and say, hey, my God. And she's like, well, you chose to move out there. Bye. Click. Um, Tough love. It's good. Yes. <laughs> I like uh, I liked Vermont because, you know, it was the it was the first time like I had ever lived in pretty much what was the middle of a national park. And, you know, I got my chance to ski and snowboard and all of those things. And, you know, that's one of the things that this career has afforded me that chance to travel beautiful i would love to hear a little bit more about your 40 under 40. i got to erie in 2017 and i hope i'm not rambling too much not at all this is perfect i got to erie in 2017 and uh <clears throat> full disclosure i had suffered a little bit of a defeat in my track record of victory and i said okay there are two things that need to happen with this station that i had to rehab the station was already in a good place because a friend of mine was the program director before me, and he was one of the people that recommended the job. So we had already coordinated what needed to be done 
So I said the station needs to be more in the community. We have listeners. We need to be more in the community. That was my plan from get-go. I made sure I met with my team and I said we have to make sure that we're all doing at least one event in the community per month. We have to let people know that this radio station that they've been listening to is still relevant to them and it actually cares about what they're doing. That's the advantage that radio, local radio, still has over like podcasting or streaming music. The fact that someone from that place knows you or knows someone that knows you. It's kind of like going to a bar. For instance, like, you know, I've been to a Super Bowl party here. You have a wonderful home and you have a nice hospitality set up for all of your friends that come over. And most people would say, well, why would you go to a bar if you have that? Because you could buy liquor, do stuff at home. Same with radio. Like, why would you street? Why would you listen to radio and somebody else's list if you can stream your own music or listen to your own favorite podcast? And these are all valid arguments. But what radio gives the advantage and how it's comparable to a bar is you go to a bar because of the atmosphere, number one. And then you go to a bar, number two, because of the bartender. If you have a good bartender and that bartender leaves, you'll lose attendance. And that's the same thing with radio personalities. So my goal was to take this radio station and build the perfect community bar where people would enjoy the atmosphere and it felt like things were going on and it showed them that we actually cared about the community. If there was a ribbon cutting ceremony, we were there. If there was a junior achievement thing, we were there. If there was a job fair, we were definitely there and we made sure we were talking to the mayor and everything because we wanted to show people that yes, we play music. You may not like all the songs that we play, but we actually care about you, which instead, it built our brand and made us a talking point. Sometimes I feel like everyone knows that that's radio's mission. It's not an uncommon thing, but sometimes I feel like in the, in the uh, world of making money and revenue and all of those things, that message kind of gets lost the award we were nominated for the award because of all of that service not only did we raise ratings and revenue but because we genuinely went into the community and we wanted to show them that we were genuinely a part of it in all of our listening areas and that's why our smaller station in erie pennsylvania was nominated for you know uh, a top 40 station of the year for the marconi which is like our oscar and that work was that was very satisfying work and I'm like next time we need to get that award. <laughs> we need to get that um, haven't had the chance to get that again yet but uh, I feel like it could potentially happen great so I love that you are so involved in the community um, are there some community events that you've done since you've been in Maine so there was a there was one event I did with uh, what the station I did work with here um, for Outwad for a um, for it's a community organization and I, I co-hosted well my um, the morning show host I was working with at the time she was a main host and I was there to assist because you know I wanted to you know basically show support for the person I was working with and for the organization that helps youth um, that are coming out uh, get resources and everything coming out of prison or? no 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 okay. coming out coming out of the closet or oh. coming out yeah and this organization is called outwad outwad yes okay thank you and so you know i mean and 
even as somebody like I, I'm somebody that's never had to go through that experience but when I was told about it I said well yeah I definitely want to be there because you know I'm already a member of one minority group that is persecuted you know what I mean and so it's like to to know that people there are other people that are going through that struggle you know they need to know that they are supported as well um so that's one of the reasons I decided to say, hey, I'll go along. This is your event, but I want to show my support as well and show more support for the station as well. And that was all, but the, there were things happening. Then the sickness came and there was nothing that we could do. Like, we were pretty much just kind of sitting in the office, like, well, what can we do? Because nothing was going on. Right. So. And I assume, like, when you're already doing radio, it probably doesn't make sense to do virtual events. So we had, we, it, I think what's going on is with virtual events, like, you know, you'd have online stuff, you'd have online, uh, online events or Facebook or Instagram lives, and it got to the point where everybody was just kind of doing it, and there was a lot of noise to cut through. It's like the best way for us to win is the same way the politicians win. It's, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies. Do you know, do you notice how everyone around us, they are so obsessed with gathering and maybe, maybe, or maybe not getting the shot or wearing the mask. They're so obsessed with it because even in 2021, when we have all these virtual tools, when we have virtual and augmented reality, people still like to meet face to face. Yes. And like, we are social creatures. We will never be in a situation where like that movie the surrogates where we're plugged in and we have like little like android bodies that walk around and interact with each other like it will never be a situation like that at least in this generation because we have to be near each other that is where we you know definitely prevail it's not this it's not necessarily about the stuff that we do on the air 24 hours a day it's the stuff that we tell people we're gonna do in person that really drives the you know moves the needle like if you have one person that you listen to on the radio even if you don't listen to radio anytime like other than this one person that has one show and you can only listen for 30 minutes a day and you like that 30 minutes and they say we're gonna be at such as such like there's a thought in your brain that says if I can make it I'm gonna be there and that 30 minutes that you listen is still more influential than when you just randomly just stream something like you know one of the things about like your podcast and your show like you're eventually going to build a following like that because not only is it a podcast but it's an actual show on a local station and eventually like your following is going to build like that because you've been doing this during all of uh during the pandemic when all of this is over you're you're gonna start to meet people that you didn't even think were listening to you and it's gonna be overwhelming and that's the power of local radio and sometimes i just you know as an advocate for local radio as an advocate for community and artistic expression um you know sometimes that i worry that that gets lost in, in the sauce you know yeah i i feel like um gathering is so important 
and I haven't really participated in any virtual events unless um, it was a meeting for some board I'm on. Um, have you participated in any virtual events? So there's this new app now called Clubhouse. Every five minutes, I get a notification that someone is going live on this app. And it's just like a pretty much like another, it's an app and you go in there and it's like conference calling. And there's like two or three people talking and then everyone else is just kind of listening. And um, so I've participated in a lot of those, but in my time off, especially, you know, being between projects, like I've been working on building uh, some new things behind the scene that will incorporate some virtual events. Uh, one of them, which is I'm building, um, I'm gonna build a mentor service, which, you know, I will be, you know, I'll come back on the show to plug at some point, but it'll talk about basically like my successes in this industry and how you can apply some of those same principles to other industries and basically just dropping tips and little gems and knowledge so that, you know, if anyone can learn anything from my story and apply it to theirs, that will be how I say the that will be just one up from them because you know it's time now i'm at a point in my career where it's like okay i have seen some things that i have done at work it's time to tell other people how to work because if you're not going to put other people on there's no there's no point um you know you you've got to make sure that your success can be someone else's success um i'm going to be doing a lot of virtual events with that in addition to whatever my next project is awesome i'm looking forward to this mentor app or programming that you are working on yeah um i also noticed that you were on a podcast or two recently tell me about that did you have a good time so my friend uh my good friend from college number one yes great time his name is uh earl nelson also known as dj be easy we actually had a college radio show together and uh, he had a he has a radio show that is also doubles as a podcast like this one. And uh, he said, "Hey, man, you know, since you're since you're not doing anything right now," and I said, "Oh, thanks." He said, "How about you guest host with me every couple of weeks?" So I said, "Sure, uh, I definitely would do that." And the first episode that we did was about the little Nas X and the um, Montero called yes. my, my name, right? Yes, and. We, we talked about that, and we talked about how the community reacted to it, and like, oh my god, that's so blasphemous, how could he twerk on the devil, and I'm like, I'm like, this is really, and you know, th this is where the outrage was, and my point was, like, how is this where the outrage is, like, out of all the things that are going on in the world, like, this man who decided that he wanted to come out and live his life is where you're outraged, and... You know, he's twerking on a uh, on on a CGI character of a person that we have no scientific evidence exist or not. So then, on the flip side, there was the whole, he had the Nike devil shoes thing where he bought these Nikes, they designed them, they put a little bit of drop of human blood in the heel, and they were selling them for like $1,000, which probably wasn't a good move on his part because that's trademark infringement. That's where he went wrong. But we talked about that whole controversy. Last week we talked about uh, DMX and his death, and we talked about addiction and how, you know, you can have everything, and addiction can still ruin your life because you're so in love with the drug that you can't see the other good things that are going on around you. 
you know, like addiction can be something like it can be drugs, it can be alcohol, it can be um, you can be addicted to another person, you can be addicted to work. And a lot of times when you're, you have that tunnel vision, you just miss all the other good things that can pull you out of that or maybe supplement you in other areas of your life. Great topics, you guys are, and current event topics, that's awesome. I just wanted to add, with Little Nas X, he's not actually being sued, but the company that designed the sneaker is being sued. Right. Just, so, just to say. Support my gaze, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, so those are great topics. I hope you're on like every week because you're probably elevating the show. And then you guys have that old school chemistry like back when you were college buddies. Earl is my best friend. And we cannot talk for months. And then when we pick up the phone and talk, it's like we never stopped. And uh, so, yeah, that chemistry is there. And it's like, you know, we keep each other grounded. Um, There are times when... You know, I know that, you know, when, one thing when you have a best friend is like, you, there's always somebody that you can call to tell you, to, to pull you back off the ledge when you think that you're, you know, when you're so consumed with the minutiae, that means nothing. And, and that, that's that moral compass, and that's, that's that guy to me. Awesome. Oh, wow. I think we've been talking for a good amount of time, and I actually want to talk a little bit more. So you've got this great project. Mm-hmm. We went over your inspiration and any other events that might be coming up for you that we should look out for? Uh, no other events yet. I'm getting ready to launch my mentorship service, but uh, I'll probably be launching that in the next month or so. So if anyone wants to uh, follow me right now before the launch, uh, you can follow me on Instagram or on Twitter at The Kwame Show, K-W-A-M-E. This is what I like about yeah. recording outside, like the outside. I like to think of this as pandemic thick. <laughs> <laughs> Just being like real world, like we can't compartmentalize anymore. It's all put together. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, the plane's going by. I'm glad it's on a big plane. Those are super, they sound awful. Well, it'd be moving much faster than that. Yeah. So yes, Kwame, I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Um, I can't wait to hang out again. And other people need to know how to reach you. What's the plug? All right, so you can follow me on, you can find me on Facebook, first name Kwame, K-W-A-M-E, and also on Instagram and Twitter at The Kwame Show, spelled also K-W-A-M-E, so The Kwame Show. And uh, I'll be launching new socials for my project, and you will get the plugs from that through my social media, and then I'll come back on the show, hopefully, if you'll have me, and we'll talk more about it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. If you like what you've heard and want to hear it again, or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In The Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show. A thank you to our sponsors, the For Us, Buy Us Fund, which supports Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color living their best life in Maine.